Clap put us over the top. I huh? think that was my fault. We hope that <laughs> your earbuds are okay. <laughs> Welcome to Nerdtastic in 3D episode. I don't even know what we're 49. <laughs> it's 49. Cuatro nueve. No, it's cuatro nueve. All right. So tune in next week for an exciting That's 49. Episode. That's 49 for you. Our bicentennial? For you, you English-speaking folks. <laughs> We're almost gentlemen. there. Welcome to Nerdtastic in 3D episode, apparently number All 49. Right. My name is Jason Carter. I'm Jack Eckler. Jason Pecco. Josh Lebrat. This app is awesome. Adam McFarlane. <laughs> and uh, I told you. We first want to do a little apology because uh, last week we mentioned we'd be here with our <laughs> Game of the Year wrap-up. But we have a good story as to why. Did we post anything? No. Jack? What the fuck? No, we, I was going to post, but then I just thought that was even more of a letdown, so we didn't go into that. <laughs> but we have, we, a good, we have a good yeah, reason. Yeah, we, we, to really make it official for Game of the Year, for some of us who haven't played some of these games, we decided to go utilize <laughs> the power of the Disney facility where we record the show that has a, Jay, how big is that screen, do you think? I think it's a 35-foot, I believe. 35-foot, not inch, foot screen and play some Black Ops and Halo 4 on it because that's what you do when you have a 35-foot screen. So we were just right. 17 and a half. Uh, I think the real thing that you need to know is we were, were basically playing off of a high, high-res 4K Christie projector. That's the real kicker. And I did not know that, thing. but it was a beautiful thing. And we even did that tonight, except, too, before we started recording. <laughs> except we took two hours to try to figure out local networking and just networking. Well, there's two. I mean, a little, little note. There's actually two of those theaters here in this facility. So there's, there's two of these screens, and they're right back-to-back. <coughs> and we tried to get the, the old system link to work, and I think the internal network here is a little locked down <laughs> and did not allow us to do that. But uh, there was still some uh, fun had on one of the screens for sure. I, you guys were here pretty late. Uh, yeah. yeah, we left at midnight. Yeah. I think I yeah, I and that's a that Wednesday one. for people who yeah. work like <laughs> us during the week. Uh, so I don't know about you guys, but that was my first LAN party. Ever? Really? Ever? No, I mean like okay. since I don't know college. College? Oh, okay. Yeah, All like right. ten years. I just thought you had never experienced that. I'm like, well, we got to get you to like QuakeCon. Well, it's, it's my first LAN party with any of you jokers. That's for oh, sure. Okay. With any of you jokers. And now you all know that I suck at first person shooters. <laughs> you did. Know, there's a couple. Of, one of the one of those gun games you were yeah, barely there was last. one of them. I can play a good zombie. Barely last. It. But what's awesome is if you have problems getting a kill or advancing in a gun, you just find Paco. <laughs> and you can just go like, cool, <laughs> moving up. He's usually looking around. We did try really the new sure zombie mode tonight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, not to, not to lead off anything, but Jason, what did you – that's your first Zombies for Black Ops 2 experience, isn't it? It was. What did uh, you think? You know, Adam and I – I don't know if we talked about this on the show before, but we, we've been started with Zombies from the very beginning and we're in love with it. And it's gotten to a place that – I don't know how to describe it. It's just not – What's it's that? too it's complex. The boring? There's too, there's too much. It's boring is not the right word. There's just too much to it now. No, like, I, th- I think they liked it when it was boring and simplistic. Well, it was, this, is, this is honestly it. Is we have never been as good 
as we were in that one that we found the pattern. And we literally <laughs> Which was the World at War? Zombies, the first one? And, it, and we staggered. We stood in line. Like we, we found – It was like – We found this one spot where you could – like it wasn't a glitchy, but it was like this – you've lined up in this perfect way and but, one person and, guarded a window and you could stay in for – Were you guys like well, 6 o'clock? Three o'clock. No, it was always it was always your twelve or one or six. It was always right in front of you. <laughs> one of them. But the point was about that was that it was I like that's twelve o'clock. Thinking back about how we literally stood in the same spot for like forty five minutes and just shot the same, but it was for some reason it was a blast. So, so, yeah. so you're saying because you were able to find the glitch in the system, <laughs> no, the game I, was fun. I now that there's no more glitches, it is know, not fun. I think what they tried to do is. They added. They've been adding tons of stuff uh, to it ever yeah. since that. So they added in zombie dogs, <coughs> and zombie dogs yeah. just suck. They just yeah, they, they take the fun yeah. out of it. Like they're just impossible to kill, and you can't really stock up your weapons because there's no way to get through that round. Yeah. And Would then you, they also came up with these like guys that come f- down from the ceiling and crawl down walls. So now instead of looking 360 around you, you're having to look like globally like a dome all around you. Lazy. Makes us sound lazy. Makes us sound No, really. This isn't helping your cause. I was about to say. I'm agreeing but, 100%. Yeah. But as you're saying, I'm like... I also turns. love that right now you're leaning on a banana with a really sharp knife in your hand, <laughs> just sort of chilling. That was You've got video of this no, now. no doubt. This was considerably a redneck moment for Adam. He was. He said, "I was waiting for the action." Like, you know, them damn zombies. Hey, we used to play. I got my, I shit. Got my iPad out. No, you're a techie. You're a techie, a techie redneck. redneck. <laughs> no, I. I. Uh, yeah, it's funny. I would have thought though, when you're into something, when you're into a game, and I'm sure this is for all you guys. There's that aspect, especially when it becomes popular, because obviously zombies was, or they would have dropped that facet from the game. Yeah. That you want them to be like, oh my god, keep giving me more, more. or make it more like, because it's. It's like people, I think, just now buy that game. Oh yeah, to just play the yeah, zombies. Definitely. Oh yeah, I, it's a it's staple like a left, now. Left for Dead style game now. Even yeah, like, it's pretty big. I, I th- Especially not... with that zombie mode. Yeah. Well, so that was the other thing too. Is there's a new map pack that came out. I don't know what it was called. The Revolution map. <coughs> Revolution. And so there's yeah. now the ability to, for the first time to play as a zombie. And I think I scream shit, at the top of my lungs. <laughs> this is terrifying. Yeah. At I the top. Like a girl now we're a playing lot. now hey, for realistic. Obviously, I mean, I'm sure if you have good headphones it'll sound like this. We're playing in this theater designed for good surround sound. And it was dark. It was dark and it was scary. And as those hell zombies when they just screaming. moan like <laughs> yeah. And well the thing is too is <clears throat> there's a there's the sound is coming out for Everybody yeah. at the same time. Yeah. So if you were at home, you wouldn't be hearing that. <laughs> like from all four of us playing at the same time, you'd be hearing your own, and then the screams in the background, not all coming at us at once. So, so what you have to say? So the objective of this version is there's one human, and then the other three players are zombies. And so the objective is the zombies have to attack the human, and if you attack them, you become the human. And the object, the main idea is whoever can remain the human for the longest. Uh, we played it uh, three times, I think. Reverse uh, gun game style. Yeah. Right. So the each each zombie you kill, you get a better game, a and better game. And of course, they give you the absolute worst yeah. gun in the game, the yeah. laser sighted pistol, like revolver. <laughs> like it's like a laser sighted magnum of some kind. And uh, we did so the glit. You know, the the idea here is that there's a one human and there's three zombies, and we found somehow managed to find a glitch. Where there was no human, and so we just <laughs> shambled around like zombies. We just zombies. kept restarting it until, it <laughs> until the human showed up. There were just four zombies running around with no objective. It was pretty pretty entertaining. Uh, so the reason we did this is we we discussed two weeks ago that we we did want to give a really really fair shot to Game of the Year, and 
there were several of us who hadn't played different things. So I had not played Black Ops Two. Jack, I know you didn't play. You hadn't played Halo Four. I hadn't played Halo. Um, I hadn't or, played either Halo or, <laughs> or Black Ops. So. Right. So a lot of us just voted for the only game we actually played. <laughs> um, not so, lazy. Again, not lazy. <laughs> it's, just, it's making us sound lazy. We're not lazy. We're particular. Yes. So. <laughs> We really wanted to. We're under time constraints. <laughs> we really wanted to challenge ourselves to, uh, if not play everything, at least be in a room where we're seeing it uh, be played, so we can kind of give it our, our fair opinion. So, uh, without further ado, for 2012, sorry, um, we'll go around the circle here. Game of the year. If has anybody changed their opinions? Yeah, I, I'm I have. Trials Evolution. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so for me, uh, it, it's uh, I have played everything uh, now, and uh, definitely still going to go uh, Halo Four for me. Still sticking my guns, yeah. literally. <laughs> Black Ops Two. Okay. Um, having played both of those, I, I think they're both really good games, and I understand why you've both chosen them, but. Uh, I st- I gotta stick with Walking Dead because it it to me it feels like the most original of them all. So, yeah. and we should mention too that uh, we are two Sean's down this evening. Both Fennel and Kearney could not join us, uh, and they. But uh, who found common ground? Fennel, Kearney on the same game, didn't they? Uh, yes, yeah. absolutely. So uh, Fennel did not change his vote. He told us he definitely still believes uh, Walking Dead is the game of the year for its originality. And Josh. I still, I'm still sticking with Halo 4. Okay. Adam? Um, <coughs> Black Ops, but I will say uh, playing how we played the last couple times, Halo was it's a fun, ton man. of fun. Like yeah. it was. Griffball. Uh, all that, but again, like that is, you take the dynamic of us playing. Uh, we can digress in that. Black Ops 2. <laughs> <laughs> we can have that conversation if we want to go down that. We'll, so we're we'll still tied. <laughs> so we are still out of tie, and Sean Kearney, who was the tie-breaking vote, who had not played any of them, I think, or he had played Halo 4 maybe. Uh, anyways, he wanted to uh, give uh, Walking Dead a shot, and he did, and he voted in that uh, that he chose Walking Dead as Game of the Year for uh, trying something different was his vote. So I, I think if we had categories, it would get probably unanimously from all of us the originality vote. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I think that would I think that would be because that seems to be the key for most of you guys because I think that was the biggest thing. None of you were like, I mean, the gameplay is spectacular. It was mostly oh, it's just really new and it's cool and it's yeah. it's got a good story, which I know is huge huge to Jay, which amazed me that you didn't vote for it. You know, I, to be honest, I was really on the fence about it. And had Sean Kearney come back with something stupid like Mario Party, I honestly <laughs> might have. <laughs> I, I actually would have Nintendo expected Land. that from Jay. <laughs> <laughs> I might have uh, tried. Fair enough. I might have sw- no. Which Mario Party though? I don't know. Who who pa- paper seventeen? Mario Party. Who Kearney did play Black Ops. Only to tell us he was playing it on the Wii U, which fascinates I me. I want to know who is playing When that. he comes back on the show, I'm doing a whole breakdown with him how that experience I want to know how you can call it anything other than the Wii U. <laughs> uh, so the 2012 Nerdy Game of the Year Award goes to Telltale Games' The Walking Dead. Excellent job, you guys. It is a fantastic, fantastic game. If you have not played it, we highly, highly encourage you to check it out. Episode 1 is free on the iPad, I believe. Maybe still on Xbox Live. I can't yes. remember. Uh, if you get, can get your hands on episode one, you'll be hooked. You'll get the rest of I'll give of a shout-out, too. If you, uh, if you actually just want to watch gameplay, you don't really want to play, but you just are really fascinated in the story, uh, one of the friends of mine and a, and a, uh, a fellow YouTuber, his name's Owitz Luca, O-H-I-T-S-L-U-C-A. We'll put a link to it. He actually has two channels. He does a lot of Call of Duty commentary, but he also has a second that he does playthroughs. 
And one of his playthroughs is uh, Walking Dead as well as I think he's doing one with Assassin's Creed 3. Okay. No. But uh, The Walking Dead. So yeah, cool. it's free. Cool. YouTube, you can watch it if you want. Cool thing with The Walking Dead, too, is that you can definitely get the entire gist of the game by watching somebody play it. You don't get the choices, but sure. you can get the story. Sure. So it's super cool. Um, yeah, it really, really awesome game. And I'm really excited because uh, we can get into this a little bit later, but personally it seems like adventure games where are really story-driven are coming back a little bit now. So Telltale, or um, sorry, um, uh, drawing a blank. Uh, Double Fine? Double Fine, thank you. They had the big Kickstarter for an adventure game, and Double Fine also released The Cave this week on uh, Xbox Live, which is Ron Gilbert's first uh, adventure game since, like, Day of the Tentacle, uh, Monkey Island, Maniac Mansion days. So really excited that adventure games are coming back. Now, that Along the said, same lines uh, it's, as Walking Dead? Like I think Walking Dead is much more linear than a typical adventure game. Like most adventure games are you kind of got to go around and find inventory and then figure out what connects to what and what pieces go together and solve puzzles. Okay. And this is a lot more of a – I think you said it last week. I would say <laughs> this is a lot closer to interactive fiction than it is to what you would typically call a game. Mm-hmm. But – it definitely, I, I, it's well-deserved the Game of the Year award for sure. But, Jack, you brought up something that uh, is probably worth getting into, which is, okay, so Walking Dead takes the nerdy award for from Nerdtastic in 3D. What about Best Shooter? Ooh. Brain. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, well, I, Jay's played both. I mean, what, what did you – and they are different. Obviously, yeah. I hadn't played Halo 4. And I you did up not the, do bad. No, I, don't, no I told you I'm not horrible at first-person shooters. It's – their their controller schemes are a hundred and eighty degrees different, They're other really, than the fire button. Yeah. So that takes a second to get. Well, it took the whole time for me to get used <laughs> down to. the sights. Oh, there's a grenade. There's a grenade, yeah. and that's a that's the well, first and, thing I always and you're do. You're playing controller, and you're not playing with your. Yeah, yeah. So that's a little bit different. But in general, though, Halo for me, I'm actually I'm actually not bad with the controller because of that reason. Once I get used to it, you don't aim down sights, and it literally is like a, I'm aiming towards you unless you're Pecco, who snipes <laughs> out his. Yeah, I can't get close. You know, I <laughs> so, just got to stay at a distance. I, you know what it is to me, honestly. I think they're just two. They're two completely different kinds of genres. Yeah, and and, and two different are, types of shooting. They are first mechan- like mechanics, mechanics of yeah. them. Because I know when we got into a couple of battles, I just do what everybody does to me. I just jumped every time, yeah. and it's just different mechanics where. In, in, in Call of Duty, you go prone. You know, it, there's there's everybody well, has their lame tactic plus, in both games. Plus, I think, like, the the initial difference is Black Ops rewards the first shot. Like, you are, I don't know what percentage, I don't know any sure, statistics, yeah, yeah, but yeah, you're sure. most likely, I mean, if you're the first one and you got to go jump on somebody, they rarely turn it around and, like, it's you don't unless have, like, you're me. And you don't have long battles. Like, like it just takes longer well, to kill somebody. There's not a lot of running away in Halo. No, but and I realize that real fast. There's not a lot of what I was trying to do, which is. I get a couple shots and let me get around a corner. There wasn't a lot of corners to do that in, and that's just you know. Right. I, found, I found a little nook to hide in there for a little bit. <laughs> you <laughs> did. You found back in that corner and waited for me. Found a I think the, the interesting <laughs> thing to me about both of those games because I actually, if I was to pick one, I had to play. I'd probably pick Halo, but I feel like, and I, I said earlier, this is completely opposite. But I feel like Black Ops is a little more forgiving because you can kind of like shoot a burst at their like center mass and they they drop. Whereas in Halo. You can't no, do that. There's you no know, center dropping mass. around. And well, the so, shotgun if you get close, but oh, it's yeah, that shield. That talk. shield is a whole <clears throat> game changer, yes. in my opinion. So we're we're specifically, obviously, talking about multiplayer here. Yeah. Um, I think the I think the stories. You know, you could probably have your own opinion on, on, on the campaign version, but the multiplayer. There's two things I think that make it make them so significantly different. Uh, Call of Duty is definitely about you know a couple of clean shots, one two clean shots, and they're down. 
Halo is you unload a clip or two into somebody. <laughs> yeah. And so really then the game, yes. the game becomes who can keep the reticle on the player the longest. Yeah. It's not um, even that, though. It's a well. It's a, it's it's a big portion, Adam. It, but it, it is too. But Adam would be charging at me, just unloading, and I wouldn't be moving that much. I'm just aiming more towards his yeah. head, right? Yeah. And it's just like you know, it, we can both. You gotta aim for the head, like you gotta to, always. To me, the majority of my kills in Halo come from once I realize again where the button was is from the <laughs> their version of melee. Uh, yeah, yeah. Seriously, there's I mean, a lot of that. Shoot, 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 melee. Well, there's shoot, a lot shoot, of this. There's melee. a lot of like, like running like this. Like you guys, someone's running yeah. back. Like someone's backpedaling and someone's charging. And that's why to get I would kill Adam like four times in a row because yeah. you'd be trying to charge at me, and I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna get the Which whole melee thing. Which you can't do. Now you can panic knife in Call of Duty, <laughs> but you can't. I can't run at you for an extended period of time. Going, <laughs> holy shit, he's gonna get to me because I'm gonna run out of ammo, <laughs> and he's still coming at me. And that that's that the, to me is a game changer. The second, yeah. the well, second has terrible knifing anyway. <laughs> the second really two is terrible. Really significant difference is I, one of you guys mentioned it, but Halo is a vertical game, man. That oh, yeah, you just jump, jump yeah. all <laughs> over the and place it plays, like and a it rabbit. Plays to that, yeah, it plays to that. Yeah, which is which is interesting. Um, so I think you know I think whatever the wide angle lens, whatever it is, tracking somebody jumping up in the air and shooting them, I think is easier. Not that that really happens in Call of Duty, but it's just it's designed well to work with that kind of a mechanic. So those two things make the experience very, very different. Yeah, and I and that's the thing. I would love <laughs> to sit here just being a fanboy and be like, nah, Call of Duty's but in honest opinion, you really just can't. They're so, in my opinion, so different. Literally yeah. just so different, other than you're left, right, and you have a reticle that you're viewing in first person. Other than that, I think they're just completely different in so many levels. Especially if you get into the shield like well, if you yeah. get into the other that the hologram stuff and like really get into the futuristic sides of things, I think it really starts to go outside the realm. Of, it's fun though. Yeah, I just think it's way that one's See, way I like, more enjoyable. But, but if I had to pick another game, though, I would have rather us played uh, any of the Gears of War multi. I find that multiplayer experience better for like a random mm-hmm. first-person shooter than I do Halo for some reason. What's Gears of War? <laughs> Is that you fucking PlayStation, PlayStation guys? That come out what year? <laughs> Never you, uh, by the way, we're now taking donations to JPEG or yeah, Xbox yeah. Fund. Xbox exactly. Fund, please, somebody just give him one. <laughs> we're going to give it to him the day as the new one comes. Yeah. out. Uh, here's my old Xbox. Exactly. <laughs> but here's the new one. And so to, to one. round out the uh, the first person shooter stuff, so there there was a new map pack. Revolution oh, yeah. came out um, yesterday, I believe. And four new maps, uh, Grind, which is a skate park, which we played tonight, which is it's an awesome, it's it's cool map design, actually. I, yeah. I, I like that map a lot. It's The colors are really cool, yeah. and, and it plays in our, and it's just a skate park in Venice. It's yeah. good for a four-player local. Oh, sure. It's, small it's a enough, smaller you know? map. Yeah, yeah, it's a smaller map for sure. Um, there is, I don't have the list out in front of me to know. There's Mirage, which is a basically a, a downed hotel in the desert, yep. which is a little bit bigger. Um, and it plays uh, the domination styles on a triangle, which is pretty fun. Hydro. There is Hydro, which we played, yep. which is a retired like dam, like Hydro Dam facility. Which uh, it's cool. It, it has water that runs through it. Um, I played. I played that yesterday. I, actually, I played all four yesterday. Featuring the voice sounds of a Korean Pakistani. <laughs> as, we, as yes, as I explained, Korean, Korean as Sammy. I explained in one of the videos. And then the other one is. The Jay, you have it up. The gondola. No, sorry, is the, it gondola? Well, it the, has gondolas. No, but it's the ski hill. It's a it's a ski resort. Yes, it's, it's called Matterhorn. Resort. Now, no, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a Disneyland ride. What's oh, funny it's is though, you can see the confusion. It's though. called Disney. They have the they have these oh, little go- they have these little <laughs> gondolas that go up the mountain. 
and they're moving ridiculously slow. And me and Josh were talking, but he's like, ah, they're so slow. You know, who would die by these things? First thing we see, Adam. Adam's like, oh, no, I died. I died by him as soon as I walked I in there. I was like, what's over there? Okay, I ran you I was over. distracted by I the I mean, literally, dude, they're retardedly slow, but they will kill you if you happen awesome. to I'm be looking I'm not lying. I it. literally spawn in. I downloaded it last night or whatever. First time I play it, spawn into the middle of a game, and I'm like, oh, this is crazy. And I watched a gondola go this way, and then one was coming <laughs> this way. The opposite. Bonk, <laughs> oh, my right God. What also was neat, and this is a first for Call of Duty series, period, is a uh, was a downloadable uh, weapon that came with it. Now, what's neat, I thought, with this is I, I didn't know how they were going to handle the people who had paid for it, and you get the gun as you paid for it, so you get this gun, is that if you're playing with anybody who has that gun and they die, you can you pick their gun up. And That's as of cool. right now, the people who all play, paid for it, there are tons of these fucking things everywhere. How, wait, so how do they pay for it? Uh, it was part of the <coughs> downloadable content. It's so the they first have like downloadable a store? gun. Did they have no, a store it's, in it there was or? it was part of the the giant thing was the four map packs, the new zombie mode, and then the weapon. And that's yeah. all together, bold. all encompassing, and in you just one, have to pay for that. And one paid download pack. Okay, which is I think it's kind of neat that they give you a lot. Yeah, it's not like eh, we're yeah. just giving you some maps. Now they're trying to give you a weapon. But what's neat is it doesn't cut somebody like say Jay plays and is like, well I can't you can't start with it. But I can be like, I guarantee you, you could run around when somebody dies. You could pick one up if you want to try yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And it's a hybrid between an SMG and an assault, and it, yeah, it's pretty fun. I played for for a bit and uh, came back. But new maps are fun. They're yeah. actually the, one of the first packs where every one of them I actually found not too bad, yeah. um, which and, is cool. And we got to do uh, a couple of new things. Yeah, yeah. So there was new a couple new maps. There was new zombie mode, which was fun. It was fun. And then uh, we logged into Halo to. Su- Prize ourselves oh, to right. find Griff Ball, which we <laughs> mentioned earlier. Which I had, I, I guess has it's been in other versions two. of Halo. Has it? I don't know. I want to say I've played that before. <clears throat> um, I haven't. But uh, it was <coughs> very different and very <coughs> fun. fun. I thought it was this, interesting. I thought this it was is fun. what I would say. Like like some of those game styles, I, I would never want to play online. Like with me sitting alone by myself. Like that is so much more dynamic when we're all sitting in the yeah, same room. Definitely. I, it just that's my honestly that is my my feeling about multiplayer in general is it's just so much more entertaining when we're sitting all together when, but that's when different you can hear than me being on, but that's different than if we're all mic'd up and playing on the same team yeah because when you're mic'd up no mic is clear enough to really hear like oh we hear pete too much i, I think i <laughs> think it's, i think it's just a i love a, you pops a dynamic like literally standing in the next room where jo- josh was Almost winning and stood up. Yeah, we don't get to see Josh stand up and walk closer to that thirty-five foot screen. It's just a. I think it's a very different style of gameplay. Like it, it, you can play literally the same game modes, the same people, put everybody in the same room, and it would just be a different experience. Like it just would be different. And I I feel like you feel, or at least I felt more comfortable like yelling and stuff with you guys. I I yelled way more. You're also in a soundproof theater. Yeah, I would do it in your living room. I uh, one one other quick tidbit to wrap up on this uh, the Black Ops stuff is they also and now this I find to be the coolest thing ever and this is for anybody listening who does any kind of streaming or find streaming interesting they've this idea has been around for a while but no one's actually been able to really get a hold of it but uh, they've partnered up with Twitch TV who's one of the main gaming uh, streaming sites and they've actually integrated <coughs> Twitch into the multiplayer experience of Black Ops so you literally could go it says go live. You sign in now when you're in uh, Black Ops 2. You sign into your Twitch account, and it goes live. And past that, what I thought was even more cool is one of the th- cooler things with Twitch and some of their streaming software that you can download, like XSplit, 
is you could choose to use your webcam too and put yourself in a corner so people could see you while you play and get your reactions like Josh. Like if he stood up and was like decided to beat off, you'd be like, wow, that's how he plays. Okay, now he's I really now into I, this game. No, he's really into this game. Good for Josh. I had no idea he played like that. Well, now is, you do. Is they, they've, they've enabled you to use your Kinect camera and have that experience even in-game, which I, I just find it very oh, cool they're weird. offering I hadn't that. heard that. So it not only records your gameplay footage, it records your You face. can actually set up to do uh, a picture-in-picture, picture, oh, um, which for cool. me to do now, I actually have to use my capture card, XSplit, screen grab, my webcam. Like, it's, it's a pretty big process to do what you have to do, where they've now basically taken all that. And it brought the question to me, is like, would you guys have liked that in, like, a lot of other games you played? Like, if you thought about, ah, oh, maybe cool to stream this and see if somebody wants to, you know, watch or my friends watch? By myself, no. But be, honestly, being, like, in the show, in the, in the, doing the podcast, there have certainly been moments where I would have loved to capture more of the Doritos Crash Course night. <laughs> right, and that would have been awesome. Or I, which I could do now. Or your experience yeah, in yeah. Minecraft. <laughs> like, that would have, yeah, I think there, that would, that, stuff like that would be entertaining. I saw do. how far I could dig down and regretted it. And then or saw like, the, or like, like when we all, up. like when we were at uh, Jack's place and we did the, uh, the Avatar, thousand <laughs> Avatar yeah. and we all stood there and played the Avatar. <laughs> Or then you're like you're just easy. You hit X X X X X, and then you die. <laughs> Adam die. So, um, one but yeah, I was curious if you guys were into that. Uh, I think or it's a really. Be. I think it's a fascinating idea for yeah. sure. I think YouTube's gonna. The, man, Google's gonna have to upgrade their servers. And it's I gonna put saying, it. Does it well, live somewhere? It, no, and it's got. It, it lives on Twitch, and what's awesome is oh, you Twitch. Can, then sorry. No, no, but you can. You can within Twitch do your own <laughs> edits, and then you can also. Straight from that, my understanding is is put it right to YouTube too, if you want. Are they gonna? Are you, do they have a dick filter? Or how's that? <laughs> Unfor- <laughs> unfor- unfortunately, <laughs> not because clearly they've let me do it. So, I mean, <laughs> I think, no, I gotta be honest. I, I gotta be honest. I've, game. I've only done it the the no pun intended the long way because that's how I do. <laughs> but uh, I I was going to test it tonight when I got home to see how well it worked. Pretty cool. I need to grab my connect from upstairs. It's been used once. <laughs> so <laughs> if, it, if it does work, uh, we may have to think about uh, if we if the playing in the theaters is a reoccurring thing. So we did last weekend. We decided to well, do it again. Uh, yeah, I tonight. guess we could try that. We yeah. could maybe attempt it so that you could see us play it as a group. Um, so this the streaming thing actually segues very nicely into uh, something, Jay. I think you're going to talk about briefly, which is uh, Project Durango. And Project Orbis. Durango Unchained. Yes. <laughs> Durango Unchained. Um, yeah, Durango, Project Durango, as we may well know, is the uh, code name for Xbox 720. And Orbis is the code name for the uh, PlayStation 4. Um, I think, I don't know if we talked about it or on we the really podcast. We didn't go into specs too much. Uh, I've only actually seen a lot of leaked stuff on the Orbis, which I know, Jay, you're probably more excited about. Yeah. Um, the rest of us would love to hear about the well, Django. So, <laughs> Django Unchained. So my, my perspective right now, looking at the specs, and let me go through the specs real quick. It looks like the, the Orbis is, is expected to have uh, 4 gigs of RAM, 3 gigs of which are free for games. The rest is for the OS. Uh, built-in AMD A10 accelerated uh, GPU. And then I think that's a CPU, GPU. And then uh, the Durango is going to have 8 gigs of RAM, which 4 to 5 gigs are free for games. And then uh, graphics are based on the Radeon HD 8770 Which is owned by by AMD as well. Yeah. So AMD's kind of lucking out here with the next console generation. I'm just throwing it out there, but if you're saying this, man, I hadn't really thought about this to right now, not to cut you off, but if maybe you're thinking about a stock to pick up, Josh... (laughs) 
A- AMD be, might be making a move because when those consoles, I mean, that's a lot of chips to go yeah. into both consoles. I thought maybe Intel or NVIDIA would be able to get into one of these, but I guess not. Yeah, and I, I don't know if the, the Durango is going to have an AMD CPU, but the I think the PlayStation is going to have an AMD CPU and GPU. So. so the segue here is I believe one of the other things I read in that article is um, a couple of features of to the Durango, the Xbox 720, whatever, which I believe that now the rumor mill is running that it's going to be just be called Xbox. Oh, yeah. That's what you said, right? They're still saying um, that. <laughs> yeah, I believe so. So um, the rumor mill is running <laughs> saying that it's going to have a decent capacity hard drive capable of being a DVR for recording, you know, and, and managing your TV shows that you watch from your cable box because it's so close now. And then also being able to use it as a streaming box for any game that you play. So this Twitch TV kind of thing out of Black Ops, I think the objective there is that you can capture any game and store it and upload it very easily to YouTube. Well, if they add the DVR feature, then you've yeah you've you've almost enabled that for it. Right. I so mean, it's interesting that that this is a trend. Like people want to share their gameplay footage. I have to be honest. I don't sit around watching lots of gameplay footage. But see, then like somebody like me, I well, it's weird. Not just the footage, but then it tends to be the footage and the commentary. I guess sometimes I get interested Fair in, enough. which I, yeah. I think is some of the selling point. Well, if you have like a tactic that you're trying to learn, and I mean, there's a lot of people that are just diehard, crazy sons of bitches out there that just, <laughs> you know, go through and test the oh, yeah. fire rate of this gun and, you know, with this attachment on this thing. And so, you know, if you really kind of want to get down to the nitty gritty of things and... I remember when I think it was Modern Warfare Three came along, where I'm not sure which one the leveling up, where you could load out, do your loadout significantly different than how um, the earlier games were, where you just progress. Like you got you know level 25 unlock this gun, level 26 unlock this gun. It was just more of a natural progression where you leveled up and the next gun became available and you worked on that. That I finally started going online and like looking at guns and when you had a, ultimately this choice of you could pick anything from the get go. I was like, well, shit, you're not going to tell me what to do now. Uh, I've got to make a decision. Because before it was like you just got the next best gun. <laughs> so you're at level 50, you had the best gun. But, see, they, but now – But they do that, but the the top-tier gun might not be the best no, gun. No, and that's how I always played. I was just like I'll level up, I'll level up, and then the next unlock I'll play that. But like now, especially in, in Black Ops 2 and specifically Black Ops 2, like I've done more reading on the guns and watch videos and like actually – Taking the game outside of just me sitting there playing it, yeah. but I think I think it's fascinating. I think being able to yeah take the streaming in and just have that capability. I'm also fascinated with the potential of it finally having a Blu-ray player. That'd be nice for you guys. Yeah. But <laughs> what I was what I'm excited about. <laughs> that would be nice for you guys. From yeah, because I already got a Blu-ray player, PS3. Come oh, on. That's, well, that's, that's the only that's reason the only we have reason why we have a PS3 as well. <laughs> what I'm excited to see is how many games are exclusives in the next generation because from what I understand the, the PS3's architecture was a lot different to develop for than the Xbox 360's and if they're both going to be using AM, AMD processing units or GPUs then I'm, I'm wondering how much differentiation they'll need to do to, to port a game so uh, so you might get more developers on board exactly yeah. you, you might get more cross-platform titles and, and less uh, you know now, have you heard like, typically in the past and this even goes back to when, when uh, I was working on games uh, PlayStation was the worst at the time. It's always and been that the was worst three. <laughs> okay, and I and I just I, I I know you know a bunch of people in the industry still. Have you heard any rumors that it is nothing has changed and it is still 
I, I haven't so heard tough to develop for, and their support isn't the best. And like, I haven't heard anything about the, the okay. new system, so I can't I can't really say anything about that. But just from seeing the specs of the system, like it seems like it's moving more towards this unified thing that that will be able to be to you know easier to, to make cross platform games. So let's talk about the RAM for a second. So uh, Orbis PlayStation Four, four gigs of RAM, three of which are available to games. So that's three gigs of RAM for the games and one gig for the OS. Okay, so the last OS to need one gig of RAM, I think, was Windows two thousand. <laughs> uh, so uh, Durango is eight gigs of RAM, and it says four to five of which are available to games, which makes me think four gigs for your OS. Is that Windows eight? That's exactly what I'm wondering. Is that a full-fledged <laughs> version of Windows 8? I'd imagine yeah, so, why considering not? how That's integrated exactly it, it is even now. <coughs> I just don't see why you wouldn't. I cannot imagine their current OS is taking more than 512 KB. I just can't. I mean, it's so pared down. Now, it's smooth and it's nice, but I, don't, I just can't imagine it's taking that much. <clears throat> now, I don't know, but uh, that just makes me wonder, is that Windows 8? And it also makes me wonder, I think somebody mentioned this, but like, why, like for the Orbis, why four gigs? You know, like just keep chucking I, memory. In sixteen there. gigs <laughs> is not no, anything you're, anymore. You're Sony. Why not make sixteen point one seven eight two four? Exactly, and brand it as that's the new one. I just it's brand so, it as the new industry RAM standard. is still so cheap. I, I don't. I don't. I just didn't get that. I, I don't get why well, RAM is something that they go light on when you could. Also, in the grand scheme of things, it's a it's a console, and people want to pay as little as possible. For exactly. It. So okay. PlayStation uh, Four was. Or three was pricey when it oh, first yes. came out. It could not compete with Wii or or yeah. Xbox. So well, because the processor and the the cell processor of it was insane. Yeah, you but know when you paired like ten of those things, it was like a supercomputer, and they you you know you did folding from home. Yeah, you know because it had the capability to do that. So then, no games utilized any of that, mind you. Not at all. But folding at home killed it. And even yeah. when they did, it would go like you know you would look at so many different game reviews, and it would go like <laughs> look okay it has. Like, you know, it looks a little bit prettier on the PS3 than it does the Xbox 360, but now it suffers frame rate issues. And it, they would always go, like, get it on Xbox because it just it runs better. Right. So <laughs> I think that's our game talk for the evening. But that's back to, I think, their developer support and stuff. I, like I said, I've never heard anything good, and I don't know why. And especially in the PS2 days when they were doing so well, um, wh- why there just wasn't better support. I, I don't know if it, they became... You know, when you get to the top of the echelon, you you sort of get that attitude like, well, Why don't you? It doesn't you're matter. doing us the you, yeah yeah. We're not doing you the favor. Yeah, you know, whatever. You want to work you on, our, work on so our stuff, why don't you and, just and deal with it. Isn't that kind of Sony's mo though? As a, as a <laughs> yeah, but I think it hit pinnacle on, on PlayStation Two. I mean, I I remember develop. That's what we developed. The two titles I worked on was PlayStation Two and X, the original Xbox, and. It, the thing that beca- they basically the, the developers started and uh, the programmers started to get so frustrated that they spent much more of their time. And I was a PlayStation guy, like that. That was my. Sh- I didn't even own an Xbox, I, mm-hmm. so I was like, "Why aren't you guys are like you just don't get it? This is not easy to de- to develop on." And at the time too, they were finding everybody was starting to find these new cool things on the Xbox. So you could you know you could use uh, you know normal you know uh, what is it normal shaders and stuff uh, in the Xbox and start to get all these new effects that you couldn't get on the PlayStation at the time and yeah I just I, I would hope this time around if they're trying to unify that they 
yeah. sort of get out, you know, realize, okay, maybe we're not top well, shit. The, the other thing that would be interesting, too, is if they kind of, now that there's, a, a, you know, iOS and even XBLIG, you know, like, are they going to open up a path for, like, really little indie developers to release games on, on their product? Because <coughs> Xbox question. has it, iOS has it, and Sony PlayStation is the only thing that doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you say I did you know what I did do? I did play something. I did get into the SimCity twenty thirteen beta. I saw you uh posted that. And I, I played that I multitasked uh this weekend uh playing it because they yeah, I want to talk about this in general and your guys' thoughts on this. This is a side topic on this, is it was a time based <clears throat> beta and I've never played a beta that was time based. And I don't mean like you only get to play for it for the weekend and that's it. It was time-based, meaning I only got to play 30 minutes at a time, and then I had to restart all over again and play 30 minutes. Restart at 10-minute mark, and be like, you only got 10 minutes, that wrap it up. I'm playing SimCity. Yeah, I was like, isn't that you game can play about for years. Haul? Like, isn't that game? Now, I, and that's the thing. I would get in, and there's a, uh, if you, anybody who's ever played the game, there's always been a speed accelerator to accelerate the simulation of the world and everything else. Also known and as I would crank fast the, forward. Yes, and I would crank that <laughs> uh, crank that calls up. it the speed accelerator. Oh, sorry, yeah. Okay. Speed accelerometer. TM. Global speed accelerometer, I think, is. Can we get into the physics of how to actually speed <laughs> up the, the globe uh, that quickly? It's, well, it involves it, it, Superman. It's a flex capacitor. Really big wheel that you just attach to it that just, you know, you crank this wheel faster and then the earth goes faster. Put that anywhere. I feel dumber for having listened to Adam talk. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, really? so that was frustrating. So I think they did 30 minutes at a time. So I actually, I, I had that on my computer in front of me while I was playing Black Ops 2, uh, which, it's a cool game. And it's, they've taken the graphics further. They've taken it now to this very, very hardcore simulation-based game, which... Kind of some of the facets that I've read about it remind me of Minecraft a bit, with with a little bit better, at least better texturing. But I think some of the text the same as far as uh, open world and it's it's ever developing and you can change stuff on the fly, and all of that happens uh, not so much as it's programmed in to just say this this. It's just it literally is just this live simulation happening in real time, and I and I thought that was pretty fascinating. Well, I think the coolest thing you told me was that you can like. And, and I guess it's just like the integration of like social media now, or maybe not social media, but just social gameplay. You can see other people's cities. Yeah, and that's the, like the multi. They've added this this whole multiplayer facet to it, which I've liked. You know, before if you played by yourself, you zoom out and you could see the 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 world or whatever, and you could go to some different areas. What could be cool now is like me, Jay, and Jason could sit in there and go, "Okay, we're all going to get in this world. You can have your city over there. Uh, Jay's on this side with his city. I'm in the middle somewhere." And then we can literally do a lot of because it's still sort of mission based for certain things. We could interact with each other, build subways, each other trains, all this crap, and be a little more interactive and go to each other's cities and stuff that you couldn't do before. I guess. Do they have any sort of like diplomacy thing too, like where you could <laughs> you have to get like approval from somebody to you, like you, build no, an airport thing, yeah. to send to their city? That'd yeah, be super cool. There's still a governing system, and I know like the I think it was SimCity Four where they went pretty hardcore, where you could you could either take your city one way, which is like just authoritarian obey kind of route or you could take it this other way um super happy fun time route um i i didn't notice whether or not that was there to me i i didn't dig on that one too much uh they, they've taken it back a bit to the old school play which i like um which is different for me considering i love fps so much but <coughs> that game dude that game sucks me in for some reason they should make it that's run my, in a browser. that's my heart <laughs> They made it run in a browser. Well, that's and, and that's that's well, that's what the hell I like the the uh, believe it or not the poop. Facebook game. 
He because just, it, it plays in the browser. <laughs> you can play it from anywhere. It's pretty damn fun. You cannot play it from the damn iPad, and that's what pisses me off. Yeah, that's it's, a shame. I guess Flash based. Yeah, is my I guess. Yeah, a lot of a lot of Facebook games are Flash based. <laughs> <laughs> Love that's that good. game. <laughs> Did we lose Adam? In a in a fit of <laughs> fit of fun, we lost Adam. Yeah. It was uh, he has to times. go poop. B dubs creeping up. Drop the deuce. A couple more uh, things. Uh, We're going to be a little bit mysterious here. We have something um, that our good friend Sean Fennell has created that we are not going to share because he's not here this evening. But we will say that it is. I did share it on Facebook. Well, then we'll, we'll, we're <laughs> well, I shared the link. I shared the link because I was like, hey, we got to get this. Either way, either way. We'll we'll wait until Sean's here. Is that still recording? Keep keep going, Jay. I was just curious. Uh, Either way, we'll wait until. until Sean's here to actually uh, kind of launch out what he's been working on. But it's something very cool, something we're all very excited about and uh, are excited to share with you. So stay, stay tuned for that little bit of mystery. What the hell is it? Fucking with you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you not know? Actually, um, I don't. But. And then a uh, uh, little keeping with the rumor mill, uh, which is actually no longer rumor mill now, it has been confirmed what? that J.J. Abrams is attached to direct Star Wars Seven, episode seven. seven. What do you guys think about that? I'm excited. I'm Stoked. I'm excited. You think uh, all of a sudden there's gonna be a lot of lens flare in the Star Wars universe? Oh yeah, totally. That's just what he does. I don't even know if it's on purpose anymore. I don't even think he even <laughs> sees it. It's like one of those things where it's just like I don't even know it's. There. I don't hate. I like. The you don't think if he notices the lens flare in space, I'm gonna go ahead and say it's digital and that he has to ask. No, I'm literally that. saying like it just it's in there. Like, he doesn't even approve it. Like, I need lens flare. It's just automatically get put in there by effects artists. You think there's like a – it's like a shake node. They have a, a lens flare node that if you ever look at something bright, it just automatically does lens flare. Totally. <laughs> and now it's just like – like it said, it's so second nature to him. He's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks I, fine. I'm super, super excited for it because, like, what he did to Star Trek – and I wasn't even a big Star Trek fan. And, like, what he did to that franchise was amazing for me. And what he's going to do to Star Wars, which I'm a huge fan of, I'm just really excited to see where he goes with it. I'm curious. Uh, you know, my favorite thing about J.J. Abrams is actually the stuff that he's done um, more from a writing standpoint. So some of the stuff with Mystery with Alias and Lost and some of that stuff. Uh, he's done some good – you know, he's a good director. He's a good visionary. I don't know that his movies have been revolutionary for me personally. Mm-hmm. I think Star Trek was good, entertaining. I'm actually really excited about the sequel to Star Trek, more so than I think I was the first movie. Um, Star Wars is tough, man. That's a beloved, beloved franchise. And so you got, you're taking a risk on anyone. There is no person that – I mean, you know, there's no person that could maybe live up to the hype in people's minds of what these should be. But isn't Star Trek, like, even – more of a risk because I feel like Star Trek fans are way more hardcore than Star Wars fans. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think maybe in number they might be a little bit smaller, but they feel like the more vocal community. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it, just they're just hardcore. They do have a lot of conventions. The, exactly. How many Star Wars conventions, conventions have you been to? Right. Well, twelve. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> there's, uh, yeah, I, I my my feeling is like there's probably a lot of people who feel that. You couldn't get, not me in particular, but I've heard from a lot of people, you couldn't get much more worse <coughs> than the last three Star Wars movies. So some might argue I, you could have brought anybody in who was a halfway decent director. And I would have went with maybe an Abrams or a Nolan to be like, this is going to seal the deal, that they're going to be able to pull it together. I uh, 
I th- I think he can't do worse. Well, it, well, here's the thing. Like, <laughs> I'd like I mean, to that's say honestly, very true. I, I think I'm going to lose credibility with anyone listening. But I really liked Phantom Menace minus Jar Jar. But I really liked that. No, that it has the best opening, and I'll argue this with anybody. It has the best opening of any of the three, and potentially some of the originals, just from the standpoint of you got to see what the fuck a Jedi could do. And that was retarded. And I was sitting in the theater when that came on, and he puts the lightsaber into the door. Dude, I, I, it still gives me, when I watch that scene, it gives me goosebumps because you just had no idea what the hell any of that could do when you see the other movies. You're like, those are cool lightsabers. Yeah, they fight and stuff. And then they start getting into, you could stick that shit to us like a, a, a <laughs> so black you door. hadn't seen anything like that before, and you're just like, oh. And, it, and that's so maybe the worst part. 30 years to develop that idea. Yeah, you, you get so excited about that stuff that, yeah, I mean, some of it was a I, letdown. But. Uh, the rumor mill was running, actually, it was interesting that Ben Affleck was also up for the role, which I there thought was There was a lot of people he's rumored. Gaining, he's gaining some notoriety as a director. I haven't seen Argo, but. Uh, I, yeah. I well, saw, he won awards, won yeah, the Golden Globe. I, uh, I'm impressed for sure that he's getting getting the notoriety to be considered. You know, um, and then Michael Arndt, A R N D T, who is the uh, screenwriter for Toy Story Three, is penning the first installment of the new trilogy, and uh, that's where I think you can be a fabulous director and you can be a shitty director. But to me, it's about the story that you're given. You know, when you have everybody like sits there and goes like, oh, Lucas Sex is a director and so on and so forth. He was also writing it. It was him writing it. You know, uh, did J.J. Abrams write Star Trek, the new one, the reboot? Did he direct it? No idea. Well, that's the thing, too. It's just like, you know, you can direct a wonderful script and it's not that difficult. Not saying it's not that difficult, but you just you have you have a better solid foundation. You know, when you have a shitty script, you know, Nolan, he was he was writing the Batmans as well. So when you write that stuff and you're directing it, you have more of an understanding and more of a, you know, your vision is getting across if, you, if you're a good storyteller, too. You know, directors, it's just like, here's a script, direct this movie. Ugh, I don't want to. All right, but it's a paycheck. I'll direct this piece of crap. And this is like, oh, he's known for directing this. It's just like, did he write it? No, he didn't. He directed it. But it didn't work out. I, but then you look at the three, and the problem in my eyes wasn't necessarily the script and the story so much as – he took people who are pretty good actors in a lot of movies <clears throat> and didn't, in my opinion, direct them and let them do one-take wonders, and it just came across as these actors just being told, that was great, next. You're like, <laughs> and I'm sure, I am guarantee it, there were people on set in some of those, and I'm sure the fucking cinematographer and some of the, the second AD and people who want his job very badly and probably are really good at what they do, you're telling me they sat back and were like, Okay, <laughs> and, and we're cool That's with perfect. it. Perfect. Let's move on. God, there's you some know, bad scenes with like Christian. Uh, what's his last name? Hayden Christensen. <coughs> yeah, Hayden Christensen, dude. It's just it's just bad acting, and I've seen him in other movies where he's not near as bad. I do. Uh, it's just interesting because it's all about audience expectations, I think, and because there's so many fans of Star Wars. Adam's back from pooping, <laughs> and he looks relieved. Ten pounds lighter too. Damn, you Buffalo Wild Wings. Um, so I, there, there's a because there's such a big fan base and the f- the franchise is very very loved. There's an expectation that people sort of hit this mark. Now I think of something like let's look at the Spider-Man franchise. I think consistently the bar has been not very high on those films. Now to be fair, I have not seen the Amazing Spider-Man, the new it's pretty one. Pretty good, is it? It's a lot better it than good. the third one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, second one, though, I like a lot. I, if I were a director, really like the I would be considerably less nervous <laughs> taking on the, the next installment of the Spider-Man franchise than I would be 
uh, Star Wars. Well, the other other thing, too, though, is that, like, I think superhero movies have been notoriously pretty bad. And there's there's quite a few more exceptions to that rule now. But, like, Star Wars, like, I mean, the first three were – or the second three were bad. (laughs) But the first three episodes are, like – so here's what's funny is do you do you guys honestly think that the second three were bad no, I, or I, they just I weren't them. as good? I, I enjoy them. I just think there's some bad acting in them. Yeah, yeah that's I agree. Yeah, I'm I, th- th- I think I think I actually enjoy the story. I think some of the premise, the visuals, did are, are pretty out of control if you really look at stuff. But the the acting, he just outside of somebody like Ewan McGregor, which even even their scenes with him, you could tell. But he's such a good actor, you could tell he just overcame a lot of crap. But there's some other scenes that are just not, uh, not, not good. Not <laughs> easy to watch acting. Yeah, but it's it's funny you bring up the the just the thing about taking this on and and whatnot. And that was everything I had read with a lot of the directors they had approached first, which were it's just um, too much. I think pressure. it was it was Zack Snyder who in one of his interviews was just like that's that that's more than I would ever want. Like to 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 deal with. He's like you know his, his article was about I've dealt with that with like the Watchmen and I know what goes into an already built fan base that you're getting ready to bring to the screen. He's like, I can't fathom what the pressure would be like to have that do well. Yeah. I, I think there was something to be said. I don't know if you guys, uh, I missed a little bit of the beginning <coughs> of this conversation. But, you were pooping. Um, yeah, I did. Uh, I mean, Buffalo Wild Wings. Jeez, guys. Um, <laughs> anyway, no, the, uh, the idea that they're, they're, you know, Star Wars, the first ones came out in the 70s, and then they, they revamped them in 2000s. Was it early two thousand? Revamp? Oh, you or mean like new, did the, yeah. whatever? But it's like all of a sudden now you're you're revisiting a story that was conceived in a world where technology was very very different and how they made them was very very different. It's the same thing with the Indiana Jones movies where. Uh, see, I love the see, I love uh, the last Indiana Jones. It, it, I thought it was super fun. And the Crystal I, Skull. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was super fun. Once I again, seen it yet, so once I again to me, very here. cool opening. <laughs> It, but it's one of those things where, like, you're watching this, you're watching these, you know, the three Star Wars that are supposed to be beforehand, yet everybody in the movies is doing things that they weren't able to do. Like, the Yoda fight scene was fucking awesome, but it's like, Yoda Yoda didn't move like, like, it just was this well, very he was older, different. right? I mean, that was yeah. the idea. But it was just this very different feel well, for movies that you kind of, the, the, the original three, you just loved the way they were and how they were done. And which... You bring up a good point, and this is something I think I had talked to Josh about, which was what I'm – or Sean maybe about. I was excited about is that I think J.J. will bring to it is that Lucas – some will argue the downfall was the green screen aspect, that he decided I'm going to just use ILM to its fullest, shoot everything green screen, and just go with that. It's going to cut down on whatever cost, and I'll just do it all in post, whereas – J.J. I, will shoot JJ, in space. Yes. <laughs> I, I, They're building but, a Death but I honestly Star got, right now. I, I think he still lives in sort of that um, – that mentality is of of trying to shoot a lot of stuff that you can shoot on set, yeah. which I think there's something to that. And that's what made, to me, Star Wars so cool is a lot of it was on practical sets. And then when we moved to the new uh, the new Star Wars franchise, it was, this is just so... And obviously, we work in the industry, so it's, it's even more apparent. But it's like, God damn, this is... C-. My parents are just saying, eh, <coughs> this is overly with the CGI. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's, not a, that's not a good sign, and, and, I, and I miss I miss that you know directors who do that. So I'm hoping he can do what he did with Star Trek, which is you know throw in the map paintings, throw in the effects when they have to be there. But then outside of that, just spend some money on some great sets. You know what I, I just, mean? I, I think I mean I think my complaint about uh, I mean Indiana Jones in particular was like it, it just wasn't did have the same feeling as the other one. I think it was fun. I, I think if I took if you took Harrison Ford and the hat out of it. 
Like, it would have been a fun movie. Like, it would have been fun. But it just didn't have the the feeling. And the same thing with the Star Wars. Like, the, the first three and the, uh, you know, the, the re- whatever, whatever. What do we call them? The second three. The sequel prequel. This, this, the, yeah. It just does not have the same vibes. I don't know. I think it'll be interesting to see about, like, the tone of the movie. Yeah. Me. Because, you know, a lot of J.J. Abrams movies um, – they're more of a serious tone, even if it is a lighter movie, say, like uh, Super 8. You know, it, even though it was, you know, based around the kids and stuff like that, it was, like, kind of a heavier-toned movie, yeah. you know, with this sort of thing. And to me, the Star Wars, they always tried to be this kind of epic, you know, sort of thing. But at the same time, it was still kind of this level of jokey campiness to it, to where I don't think... You know, Abrams. Do you think Disney? Let me ask you this, Jay. Do you think Disney will restrict or put any expectations on him, or sort of let him listen to you know Kathleen Kennedy and and sort of run with it? I don't have any inside information on this. No, and I I don't mean (laughs) your opinion. I I don't. I I know you're not a direct ear to uh, to those people. So Uh, the. Chairman of Walt Disney Studios, I believe now, Alan Horn is the, is the new guy. I believe has a really really positive relationship with Kathleen Kennedy. Um, my understanding, again, simply from reading the trades, have no inside information here, is that uh, Lucasfilm will be given Kathleen will be given a lot of creativity to oversee Lucasfilm. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy, in turn, has been a big big fan of J.J. Abrams for a long time, big supporter of his. So. Um, you kind of have to weigh the what you read versus what the reality of a studio is. I think if if Disney is financially, which I believe it is, in a place to to allow for creative freedom, I think what the the likelihood would be is they'd extend schedules if need be. Meaning, I don't. There's no release date for Star Wars Seven. So let's say it takes three years to really make it good. Let's say the first year maybe stumbles a little bit and they have to do a lot more pickups. I mean, I think what you're going to see is a lot more flexibility to make that project done right. Now, I don't know that JJ is going to screw it up. It could be done first shot out of the gate really well. But I do think what you'll see is Disney allowing uh, Kathleen and JJ and the Lucasfilm crew to a, a little bit of hey, you do your thing. You do it right. Uh, we have the money to support you, but uh, probably not get too involved would be my guess. Did they do that with the Avengers? Um, you know, I don't know. That's a good question. Which I don't was know. a win, you know, obviously, oh, for them. A huge win, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I just I was curious. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, we it it's, gets pretty easy to forget that they are still ran by the mouse. Yeah, but w- I think what's really interesting, and you know, I'm not saying this because I'm an employee. I do believe that Disney recognizes uh, creative talent in our industry and really gives them a lot of freedom. Now we can we definitely know this firsthand from, you know, John Lasseter, who who oversees the animation division uh, uh, and interactive and uh, uh, Imagineering for the Walt Disney Company. He's kind of the creative executive who you know oversees that stuff and has an the company has an incredible amount of faith in him and his vision and his ability to craft a story and so I think the Walt Disney another one I look to is um, again no inside information here but uh, I have heard uh, countless times that Johnny Depp pretty much has carte, carte blanche to continue the Pirates franchise so as long as you keep playing Jack Sparrow. We will throw the money at you to do these projects right. And so I think what you see is that the Walt Disney Company has a history of investing in creative talent and allowing them to do their thing 
and do it really, really well. And another really great example of that is there's uh, while there's a, been a lot of people who have admired Tim Burton, Disney has been one of the main people to support his career. So uh, you know, I think there's um, I think there's some real real interest in the company investing in creative people, allowing creative people to be creative. So I think it's w- one thing too to maybe think of is you know with these new movies and stuff like that they were saying what one every two years or one every year or something like that they wanted to come out with what's this with the next star wars i i don't know i remember like there was a know, rumor, the, the rumor yeah, of like rumor. they had a slate of, of wanting this to come out now <coughs> you know with a this new director and it being like you know the seventh one and stuff like that and you know they had the first three were basically prequels, so you're really not going to bring a shit ton of people back from that one. Anyone from the originals is kind of like gone, so you're <laughs> you're going to, you know, basically but you could s- do cameos. You could do cameos, but you're you're basically <laughs> like you're starting almost from scratch. You I know want- you're not. You, you know, you you blew your load, like I said, with the prequel stuff, and, and it's years and years and years past that. So, what people I think are, it's going to be kind of a, a sketchy line is keeping that familiarity of the universe and the characters and and things that you love and at the same time it it's going to be something completely different and you know cuz they need to then spin off of that and you know create more sequels from that it's not just like oh the final chapter sure. of this one but i think that's the thing and i honestly i think that's why jj is is a good candidate because he took star trek <clears throat> he took almost all no name actors yeah um and threw them into these roles, and they were all great. And like, and I'm excited to see them again in this next one. So, I, I, honestly, I am hoping there's a large aspect of new people we maybe don't even know about and could build on that. Now, I do believe that there is one thing that J.J. can do that will make uh, guarantee success for Star Wars 7, and that is to give Samuel L. Jackson a cameo, but not as Mace Windu, but rather his character from Django Unchained. <laughs> because I think that you could just put him in anything, and that was a brilliant character, and I want to watch more of it. So uh, Sean Fennell has brought this up before, but I wanted to reiterate this because we're on the topic. Um, I have heard from countless people, that uh, major Star Wars fans, that the number one thing that they are hoping is that the next trilogy be based off of a series of books by Timothy Zahn called the Thrawn Trilogy. Um, the books are uh, Heir to the Empire, Dark Force Rising, and The Last Command. Uh, have not read these myself, but again, uh, I've heard this from enough sources, uh, random people that don't know each other, uh, to really give it some weight as far as I think there's a lot of fans behind this trilogy. Do you know if the, that trilogy includes the stories based off of like the Skywalker family or whatever? Because it seems like you know the first three were all about Luke and, and uh, Leah, right? And then uh, the or the the original three were Luke and Leia, and then the 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 next three were Anakin, which is Darth Vader, and all part of the same family. So you kind of expect that the next three will be still based off that same sort of core set. You know, I I don't know enough about it. I was just reading a little bit here, um, and it says that. Um, yeah, sorry, I just don't know enough about the trilogy. It does say the trilogy sold a combined total of 15 million copies for between the three books, so that's wow. significant. That's big. Uh, I'll give you the summary here. Uh, hopefully no spoilers. Apologies if there are. As the first book opens, the Rebellion, now known as the New Republic, is still fighting to mop up the final Imperial resistance and set up a functional government out in the fringes of the galaxy. The most brilliant of all the hand-picked Grand Admirals is gaining strength and preparing to attack the New Republic. 
After convincing a dark Jedi to join his side, Admiral a Grand Admiral Thrawn is confident in his victory. Hmm. So, so it doesn't sound like there's any like, gap. Like it sounds like it, to it sounds like it picks up, uh, you know, right where maybe it, it leaves off. But they didn't mention any characters that not, sounded recognizable. Not I'm just reading. Sorry, I'm just uh, kind of picking and choosing some information. Because I imagine some of those books are mostly based on the the world of Star Wars, but not necessarily tied to. Well, and that's the beauty of that that universe <coughs> that they've talked about. They and I get it, it past that book. There's like aren't there like hundreds of books? If this helps at all, if this helps at all, uh, Heir to the Empire Volume One has a picture of Luke, Leia, Han, and Chewie on the cover. All right. I don't know if that means that's what I no. I'd heard there. It's about their relationship, and they have a family, and, and so on, and so on. And we have talked about this. I, I know I brought this up once before, but um, it is interesting to think that here we are. What forty years later? Uh, Fifty years later? Can't do that math. Uh, since the you know the first movie seventy six. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I can't remember. Anyways, uh, you know, you have this uh, the possibility that you could cast Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker, Still. as older, as forty years older. You or could, whatever. you could all of them. Yeah, I mean that's, that's no. That's you a, wouldn't it, want to cast Carrie Fisher. That's what everybody says. No. But I'm saying he brought Leonard Nimoy back, who I think is significantly awesome. older than all of them. Why, honestly, why wouldn't you? Leonard It'd Nimoy be a is, great throwback to your fans to Leonard have them Nimoy all come is back. Like in. eighty years old, I think. I don't. I think. I think literally, dude, you could have Luke, Han, Leia. There's but they, they, really wouldn't, they wouldn't that. be main characters, right? They'd you could be... even literally, probably even in the first one, um, because he's, I think he's still around for sure. And I don't know how mobile he is, but you could still have Anthony Daniels do the voice if they kept C three PO in play. <laughs> um, True, because we saw, I saw the Star Wars Live thing. I guess it was a year ago or two years ago, and he was the host and still at it. What still about the voice of R two D two? Who's going to do that? That's Josh. Uh, do you know who the? That's, that's Josh. 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 Josh is up for that role. Josh. Beep, 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 this is not a super. <laughs> I don't know. Beep, boop, this beep, this beep, is not a super super well known. <laughs> but do you know who the operator of R two D two was for the Willow uh, last trilogy? The Warwick. operator. Oh, the op- I don't know. A little guy. Oh, the operator. Puppeteer? A little black guy for R two D two. Mark. Wait, was there an actual robot? John. It wasn't CG? <laughs> oh, no, hold on. Tip my tongue. R2-D2 is the little Grant one. Grant Imahara. Yep. Really? Yep. <laughs> so Grant from Mythbusters uh, was the chief operator. He was the designer-in-chief remote operator of R2-D2 for... Uh, is that one of the main guys? Wait, in... He's, no, he's one of the... He's, the, in the, he's one of the side the, guys the from Mythbusters? Yeah. But he's like a big yeah. robotics dude. I was like, what so was he like? Was he like two years old during the first one? I don't know. That's awesome. I'm still trying to figure this out. Sorry, hold on. It is 2000. Now, side side fact though, my friend Kevin Vincent, who Leonard years. Nimoy is 82 years old. A friend of mine, Kevin Vincent, actually, he's the R2 guy for a lot of the Star Wars conventions. He's actually their go-to guy for R2 at the conventions. Was he? He like gets in the remote control. No, no, oh, remote, it's, control, it's remote control. control. Yeah, remote control. Yeah, yeah. And he's he's probably the biggest Star Wars fan I I know personally. He's 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 pretty into it. Speaking. Of Star Wars, have, has any have any of you guys watched um, the show on science? Uh, oh, I can't think of the name now, but it's uh, uh, an idiot abroad. No, I no. Not. There's uh, this. Se- this is the final season, and the guy, the main character, is traveling with uh, a little person who is the dude who played Willow and one of the Ewoks. Uh, from Warwick, Warwick Davis. Warwick, Warwick Davis. Davis. Yeah. Oh, I've met him actually. He seems awesome. Yeah. It, it, the show is really funny. I love the show. I just haven't seen. That's so funny. So. (laughs) Dead air. Midgets, huh? (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Sometimes. 
Sometimes we just wish you could be here in the room with us. <laughs> okay, one, one, let's 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 throw this out here. Why why? So we get it off the list, and only because I was fascinated by Jason's post of it. So Black Ops Two released their care package with a with a helicopter, which I thought was pretty badass. It had a damn helicopter. I still saw in one it. at Best Buy today. A quad, uh, quadricopter, uh, uh, remote uh, control quadricopter. Jason, tell us what Splinter Cell is willing to give you. Got to be honest, I don't even know what Splinter Cell is, but <laughs> apparently there's a new one coming out, and there's a super duper version, whatever they're calling it, Splinter Cell Magnificent Seven version. The I don't Black know. Blacklist Collector's Edition. <laughs> it's need to call it the same super yeah. version. Super version that is coming with a, a remote control. C one thirty, C one thirty airplane. How is that even going to fly? I don't. It looks. I don't know. It looks weight. damn amazing though in the picture. <laughs> and I got to be honest, I don't want to. Does anybody want to buy the game off me so I can? Right. Just Kearney buy might. The, Kearney might buy it. Buy off the you. game. Like okay, I just want the plane. Right. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Well, I want to buy that just for the plane. Where we live, yes. there's tons of spots Absolutely. to fly this thing. Over the prison? Are you sure it even flies? Over the prison. <laughs> Do you know what's going to happen here? Like, here's the thing. Like, <laughs> you'll be shot. Here's the thing. Like, flying? like the little RC helicopters. It's up and down. A plane is always needing to go forward. You're going to crash that sucker somewhere, and it's going to be done. And I bet one takeoff, and you're done. Naysayer. I don't even think it'll get off the ground. <laughs> me, <laughs> have you not seen me and Jason? Actually, yeah. we are technology <laughs> wizards. Yeah, the remote control doesn't actually uh, power the propellers. It just propel, uh, powers the flaps. Actually, so all you can do is sit actually, on the ground. You could have seen me and Josh. I, I have a small little remote helicopter I got for Christmas from my mom. You should see me and Josh trying to fly that thing in my living room. That was, <laughs> I, we got with, them too. With, Jack, with Jack's wife going like, because. Dylan's running around and Susie's just like just please don't hit my daughter because it's just like <laughs> We're trying and to it gets kind of low she's just like she's very scared we did figure it out though yeah we did figure it out this, this, this thing you ain't flying in the house yeah. this thing is <laughs> thing's got four I engines on Dylan. it dude how big is the boxes thing look at this picture it's I need to see video of this thing flying I'm, I'm, I'm calling shenanigans uh, I'm yeah. with you I think it's one. probably made of styrofoam and you throw it yeah so no, it's got a remote yeah big deal uh, updates remotes make sound Update to uh, Where's My Water, where you can now capture gameplay footage and share it with uh, your friends. Yeah. uh, Speaking of streaming. That just came out today. uh, (laughs) How's that that going? Um, That update. It's going well. We just released a fix for the bugs at all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the update includes uh, a new feature called Photo Finish, which basically uh, tracks your your movements on uh, on the levels of the week, and then allows you to post on the Facebook or Twitter, and then basically declares you as a type of player or a type of cutter, essentially, and gives you a, a duck. What are the Jason? What are the types are? of players? Well, it's like like, uh, like you have names like I can't remember all the names, but basically there's like seven types, and depending on the way you play, like if you do a lot of little cuts or a lot of taps, also you call like polka them, dotter. You call them cutters. Yeah, that's not. I didn't mean that word. Okay, let's, let's rescind that. Uh, okay, he's like, don't hold me to that. Okay, Cu- I was like, really? That got through the Disney, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, that's, that's not <laughs> illegal <laughs> team. <laughs> okay, what we got here is we got ourselves some cutters. <laughs> Stay but with me. As usual with uh, with rapid mobile update iteration and development, there was a bug. And we think we fixed it. So. Yeah, you mean that did, that wasn't part of the the, the new pack, the crashing, <laughs> crashing? No, it wasn't new feature. But it's nice to have somebody here telling everybody they're on the case. It's all okay, and it, it's it, probably fixed. If ever you're playing a mobile game and it crashes all the time, there's a 99 percent chance that the studio already knows about it and is already working on a fix. So, so you can uh, reach Disney Mobile at support. <laughs> at, no, yeah. Jay, your um, number again? Exactly. Attention, yeah. Jay Peckham. Do you guys want real support here at Nerdtastic? We'll give you right to Jay Peckham. Don't do that, please. <laughs> uh, so probably about time we should uh, wrap up the show. Uh, 
burp, do we want to talk? Do burp, we want to talk burp. about Sean's update? No, from the. Or do you want to wait? I think we should probably let him. If you if you shine. you want a sneak peek, go to the Facebook page. I won't even tell you what it's about, but it yep. is the last post on Facebook. Yep. Check it out. I do want to mention <laughs> one other thing though. Which the, uh, the last weekend I participated oh, in this yeah. thing called. Oh wow. uh, yeah, glad glad you brought this up. The the game jam, the uh, global game jam, which is a super cool idea. Basically. Uh, last weekend, everybody around the world who wanted to participate in it could uh, participate in, in a weekend-long game development competition. And everybody had the same amount of time to work on the game, and everybody worked under the same uh, thematic constraints. And so the theme for this year was uh, basically it was a, a sound of a heartbeat. And uh, there's a lot of really cool games made out of it. One that might interest uh, some listeners or you guys uh, would be the Surgeon Simulator 2013, which basically is like, have you guys ever played Co-op? Uh, yeah, it's That's like the running. Yeah, the running <laughs> yeah, one yeah, where you yeah, have yeah. to like control the joints. Well, yep. this is basically you're performing surgery and you have to control all the joints of a hand and pick up like oh, wow. the things to do the surgery with. It's <laughs> it's pretty insane. It's a lot of fun. Uh, but the coolest thing that I I got out of this game jam was how accessible game development is now. Like. We, I worked on a team of four people. One of the per- people was in Chicago. Uh, another one was at his ap- apartment in L.A., and then the other dude was with me in my apartment. And we that other dude being uh, this dude named well, Kearney was in his apartment. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, his, other his dude wife was. wasn't letting him go to the old Peco <laughs> home for twenty four hours. Well, actually, Kearney got uh, the, got sick like the day before, and oh, he was wow. like, "I'm not gonna. I'll just work from my my place." But uh, but we did it all on Google Hangouts. So we had video conference up the entire time on Google Hangout. We found a, a free shared subversion repository. We found we used SourceTree, which is a free um, uh, version control software, and then we used a free like task tracking software, and then we used Unity to make the game. And we did this all in 24 hours. Made a game for free, collaborating with people in different was it, states. Was this like a competition you could win or place in, or like how did they how did they judge? I, this I don't stuff? know how the like if as a whole global game jam is a competition that they like pick a winner for but typically the way it works is uh colleges and potentially other uh organizations around the world host uh sites for the global game jam so what you're typically supposed to do is not work remotely you're supposed to go to the site and collaborate with people uh we decided to work remotely which ended up being really cool and then the site typically it doesn't have to as far as i know but the site typically has like a, a winner and uh, for our site, we actually participated through my college, DePaul in Chicago. We were, like, the first remote team they'd ever had. So we weren't really, like, we didn't really want to be in, like, the competition, like, you know, competing against a whole bunch of college students, you know, stuff like that. So we decided that Why we Why not? Well, it, the, the thing was, the, the schedule for them was, like, since they were two hours ahead of us, for the most part, was kind of difficult to get us into, like, <laughs> the streaming and stuff because they didn't have the technology set up to do the streaming and stuff. And by the time it ended at, like, 10 in the morning after not having slept, it was like, all right, well, I'm just going to go to bed now, and uh, <laughs> here's our game, you know, so. So was this a 24-hour or a 48-hour? It's actually a 48-hour. And okay. we, we – so you're supposed to start on Friday night and you do your planning and stuff, and then Saturday morning you come in and work until basically Sunday afternoon. And we decided we weren't going to work on Friday night because we all had plans, and we, <laughs> we basically started – uh, brainstorming ideas at 8 a.m. Saturday. By 10 a.m., we had an idea of where we were headed, and we started programming. And then by about probably, like, 3 or 4 in the afternoon, we had, like, something that was, like, we were able to mess around with and then just iterate on. Wow. 
So they should do that for Seagrass. Hold on, hold on. I want to hear that again. So well, they do. They do. An they animation. do the animation one. By, My buddy won at, that one year. By ten a.m., you had an idea, and by four in the afternoon <clears> that day, you had a working prototype. We had a, uh, it wasn't a game yet, but we had something working that we can mess around with and stuff. Wow. Yeah, and I mean, now what can you talk? Do you feel comfortable talking at all about like what platform you used and all that stuff? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we were all on the guy in Chicago was on uh, a Windows PC and he was using Unity. Uh, we were all using Unity, and then all of us in in LA were using MacBooks because I let my buddy use my other MacBook because he's a PC guy too. But he he lives in Venice and he has to take the bus everywhere, so he couldn't bring his PC with him. So you were. <coughs> developing was it specifically a mobile game? Do you have a so the the, uh, the it doesn't there's no restriction on what kind of game you can develop. You can use any peripherals, any platform. We did a mobile game. Init- the initial thought was that we weren't going to do an, a mobile game, uh, and then one the game we ended up making was like it was called Pill Pusher, and the idea was to like push a pill through a vein without actually being able to control the pill. You can only control the width uh, of the vein. So the vein was basically like. Each wall of the vein was like a springy type object that you can drag around, and we felt like if you could like pinch and like pull the vein apart, it would work really well. And so, it basically, from that point, I was like, "We're going to make a mobile game." Right. Interesting. And so you did. You're working on different platforms, computer platforms, using Unity. Yep. And you prototyped something and had it up in six hours. Six hours. Do you have to, do, do you have to do? Does your team have to do all the art as well? Yeah, and we didn't have any artists, so we basically used all the primitives and then put a like vector graphic shader on it, so it looked like an old school game, and called it a day. Like a tune <laughs> shader? Oh, very cool. No, like like the only thing that rendered was the lines of the primitive objects, and oh, then made those different colors. Interesting. You know? Interesting. Yeah. Very cool. So did you have fun? It was awesome. I mean, I haven't done something like that since college, and I haven't, you know, we've been working a lot on, on Where's My Water for the last couple of years and the, the Where's My Franchise. So being able to just sit down, come up with a game idea, and just bang it out over a day was just like, it was a, such a cool experience. And I highly recommend game jams to anybody who's looking to get into the game field because that is something you can put on your resume. And even after, like, even if you don't, you're not like, oh, I don't want to show this, like, kind of crappy 24-hour game I made, you have a game now that you can spend the next four months iterating on and polishing and, and working on to, to be able to show a game company. So, so uh, you know, I, I did a 48-hour film competition, and one thing I find interesting is these teams that come together. Uh, was there any importance to you in having a prior relationship to the people you were working with? Yeah, there, there was definitely because the, the the whole idea to do it, it had been brought up multiple times, <laughs> especially by my, my friends who still live in Chicago. They're, they've asked me a few times the last couple of years to do it. And I just, you know, working full time, you don't really want to stay up all weekend and then try to catch up on your sleep on Sunday night. Uh, so I had never done it. And then my buddy moved out here and he was like, hey, we should do Game Jam. And uh, I've kind of been feeling like I need a, to, like, create something new lately. And that was kind of an, a good outlet for it. So definitely for me, if I was going to do it again, I would do it with people I know. But I think when you're trying to get to know people in the industry or other people you want, who want to make games, it's good to just sign up at a, a site of, of uh, a game gym nearby you and then just go there and meet people because that's typically what they do is, like, you just show up at the site and you're like, I'm a programmer. Who needs a programmer? And then you just join a team and you meet people. That's, that's cool. cool. That's yeah. very yeah. cool. And you had fun. That sounds yeah, awesome. It was awesome. It, I, I slept for – I stayed up on Sunday to try to, like – I was like, if I go to bed at 10 o'clock in the morning, then I'm going to wake up at 9 at night and I'm not going to be able to sleep all night. So I stayed up till 6 o'clock in the afternoon on Sunday. And slept until eleven on Monday. Wow! <laughs> so I actually awesome. did make up the extra eight hours. That That's funny. 
So, uh, you know, along those lines and that being the inspiration, we actually are going to be doing a 48-hour minute uh, game festival that Nerdtastic is going to be doing. 40, what 40, did you just eight. say? So you have 40, 48 minutes to create a game. Oh, and, uh, I said 48-hour minute. No, no, 48 – if I did, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to. So a 48-minute game festival uh, from Nerdtastic in 3D, and the only people that can participate is us. <laughs> so already got, We already got it. Yeah, you're done? Does it no, it doesn't have to be digital, it. does it? Absolutely not. No, in fact, the uh, only thing you can use is a pen and a napkin, not even p- regular paper. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, this has been not right. He's making this up as he goes along. This has been Nerdtastic in 3D, episode number 49. Join us next week for a, an incredibly exciting episode number 50. Bicentennial. 50. I don't think Cinco that's right. Cinco Zero. Is that right? Bicentennial yes. is your 50th. Thank I, you, Jay. I, I would not have known what you were I can saying. tell you, yes, next week will be number 50. Bicentennial, right? Can you believe we've done 50 episodes? Is anybody going to answer my goddamn question? I don't question? think you're right. <laughs> yeah, bicentennial, that's right. Isn't bicentennial? It means every 200 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so that would be, okay. Yeah. It's half centennial. Half centennial? We literally closed down the <coughs> Amazing movie, man. by the way. Uh, so Amazing thank you so much movie. for listening. My name is Jason Carter. Jack Jackman. Jason Peckham. Still Josh LeBron. Adam McFarlane. Thank you very much for uh, for tuning in. Check us uh, out next week and uh, a couple of exciting announcements and hopefully some Sean's back. Yay. Yeah, boom. But thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Nerdtastic. 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 Nerdtastic.